Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats. PJ's podcast. Welcome to PJ's podcast, where we speak of the three things that matter: politics, Jesus, and sports. Well, boys, it has been about a week. What is going on? Uh, nothing. So yeah. quick to answer. Either one of you. I mean, goodness. You know, I I always want like I'm waiting for Justin to talk, and I'm pretty sure he's like, you know, I'm I'm gonna wait for Monty to talk, and we just kind of sit here in the awkward silence. You know, this is what we do when we haven't done this for a week, and we forget forget how to do this thing. Very awkward, v- very awkward. You guys, Monty, go ahead. That's I, how we solve this problem. I, I feel like I I I just did my answer, so I I, I don't know. Doing great, know. you know. Uh, survived the storms from uh, this past uh, weekend or whatever, this past week. And so got power, got electricity, you know, everything's working. So um, we're, we're back at it. How, how's Justin doing? That's what everyone, everybody wants to know. I'm doing great. I was in Omaha during the storm. So they <laughs> me one bit. There you you were uh, asleep in Omaha while I was on the phone with your wife and my wife. Asleep's a nice way to put it. Yeah, I, yeah, I was being I, I heard, nice about it. <laughs> I heard, you know, I heard Justin's a napper. You know, he he likes he likes a good nap. Mm, that's a little yeah, more than nap. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little bit of an induced nap. Let's put it yeah, that yeah. way, just to be yeah. polite. It's also one a.m., right. so you can't really call that a nap. That's true. That's true. That's true. That is fair. Well, we we were in Omaha, and uh, it was a great trip. You know, we we left uh, Sunday morning, so we didn't get to see the Sunday game. But it was a uh, it was a really good trip. I realized that LSU fans hate Florida fans. That's the one thing I learned out there. I did not realize that was such a thing. It, Florida's fans were just crazy. They were all over the place. I didn't know that before I went to Omaha, but they're just flooded all of Omaha, especially that uh, bar we went to with the Jello shots. That was a pretty crazy, that was a pretty crazy deal. Monty, have you ever heard about this? Rocco's, wasn't it Roscoe's or Rocco's? Rocco's. Rocco's. That's what it's called. And go ahead. Oh, no, I I haven't heard about it um, before you guys went. And I also had a couple other buddies that went down there. And I, I think that was like the talk. Like of every conversations was, you know, the, the, the shots of this bar and, and they were keeping tally for every, every school that, um, uh, was there. They, they, they marked one down. Um, I, I think, I think LSU took it, right? Well, no. So, um, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah LSU, LSU took it this year, but who was the one that took it the year before that people were calling in shots from out of state and paying for them <laughs> over the phone? Who was I can't that? remember. Some LSU fan told us about that, but I think they're going to break it this year, it looks like. Right, it wouldn't surprise me, man, because LSU fans, we sat down with an LSU fan that had bought 20 shots for himself, and he just looked like he was about to pass out right in front of us. I mean, it was – I've never seen somebody take so many jello shots at one time. I mean, it was absolutely nuts. And it was an LSU bar. I mean, that night there was – there was a couple of TCU fans, us, and then LSU fans. And they weren't even playing that day. I know. They were just there. Yeah. They were just there. Yeah. I mean, it was hey, insane. L- 
LSU doesn't need an excuse to party, okay? They, they, they're they they're ready yeah. whenever, however, wherever, right? And they're partying right now because they just beat Wake Forest to force yes, they did. the if-necessary game. And they've got Skeens available to pitch. He's the best pitcher in the country. So I told you guys when this thing started that watch out for them. You know, that Wake Forest was going hot, but if they run into LSU – against skeins then anything can happen so it's uh it's gonna be an interesting one tomorrow i think you're right on the money on that one yeah he is is this sorry i keep having to move my mic backwards on my desk because it's uh it's too close to me and i can see all the markers so i have it i have to keep moving it backwards so My did uh, in the in the regular season that did, did LSU uh, and Florida play already or Wake Forest? Is this, is this the first time playing each other? I do not know that answer, but they're in different conferences, so I don't think right. that they have. Yeah. But yeah, it very I, well I could be it. LSU versus Florida, <laughs> right? In the and, national and all, championship, so. and all S all SEC uh, affair, right? yeah um, so it hates, um, it, it hates I, I hate it so much having to have somewhat of a loyalty to the sec i mean it really I, hurts me hey I, i'm i'm sec loyal but i have i have no dog in this hunt um obviously so we know tcu knocked out um, um oru and you know obviously we're supporting oru pretty pretty hard what did you guys watch that game and what do you think happened from the first time we played TCU to, to this game? Yeah, I watched that game. Um, you know, basically we just left runners on base all day. Um, we had, we had lots of base runners. We had plenty, plenty of hits. We just couldn't, uh, get the runs in when they were in scoring position. Um, and we, we let them get off to, a big lead early in the game, which is what we've done the past few games. And then bullpen was ever, was able to shut him down. Kate didn't came in early because, you know, there's no tomorrow. So he came in in like the sixth inning and shut him down. But uh, I mean, we had chances in the eighth and the ninth to put some runs across the board, but just couldn't get that, that one big hit. Um, But I mean, the guys fought half hard to the last out uh, you could tell no one wanted to be the last out of the season. Um, but, you know, it's got to end somewhere. And, you know, I was listening to Fulmer's post-game speech, and that's kind of what he was saying. It's say, you know, that it's got to end sometime. And what better place to, to end it than in Omaha? Right. And, uh, you know, obviously they had a, a phenomenal season, historic season for Oral Roberts' standpoint. And, um all the alumni that I've been talking to are just really proud of these guys, uh, proud to be a part of this program, proud that Oral Roberts, you know, getting the national recognition uh, for the great program that it is. And, you know, really happy for these coaches that, uh, I mean, so many of us have played for because they've been there for a very long time um, and they're good guys they're good coaches. Um, and so it was a it was a really cool experience for us just as alumni, and I'm sure for the team, it's uh, it's something that they'll never forget. And I, 
I don't know if they quite understand the magnitude of, uh, of what they did quite yet. And uh, I think it, it probably won't uh, dawn on them until they're a little bit older and they, they kind of realize uh, how significant this was for uh, all of the alum and, and just uh, the program as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, like, you know, we're local guys, so we know about ORU, but I think, you know, this whole, this, the run they went on, put them on, a, on the national map. Um, but looking towards next year, I know it's super early, you know, who they have coming back and what's their chances of doing this again? Man, you know, that's the thing about a program like Will Roberts is um, the recruiting stories of all those guys are very unique. And, you know, if you were watching the College World Series at all, the, the announcers were talking about that all the time, that, that mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the players had unique roads um, to get to Will Roberts. There's, you know, some some of them, their second, third, or fourth school. Um, and it's mostly upperclassmen. Um, when you get those transfers in from junior college and from other programs, you're usually getting juniors and seniors. Right. Um, and so – you know, obviously they're going to lose quite a bit of talent and they also may lose a couple of their juniors, depending on uh, how the draft grows. And, uh, you know, like uh, if uh, Jonah Cox, if, if he gets drafted high enough, he may consider um, leaving and, and going uh, to the minors. Uh, same thing with, with Denton. Uh, Denton, will be a pretty high um, draft pick. He's got great stuff. Um, I was talking to one of my old coaches uh, from Eastern and from Oral Roberts, who's a scout currently. And he was, so he's an ORU alum. He's at the games. And I was talking to him about some of these guys that, uh, that may get drafted. And he said that, uh, that didn't up there. He'll, he'll go pretty high. Cox will go. He's not sure what round, you know, somewhere between seven and 10, something like that. That's just a, you know, off the wall kind of guess. But, um, but, uh, you know, those, those two are pretty important pieces to that team. And so, uh, (laughs) um, you know, they'll, they'll definitely lose a lot, but, uh, you know, at the same time, um, you know, the way that that, that program works is by, um, getting good talent in every year and, yeah. you know, being in the college world series on the national stage, being sort of the, the sweetheart team of, of the country kind of uh, um, for those few weeks, uh, that's going to do a lot for recruiting, um, you know, a program like that. Like I said, it, uh, it relies mostly on, transfers from junior colleges and from other D1 programs, especially now that the transfer portal's up and going. Um, and so that's going to really help recruiting. So we'll see what they're going to get a lot of talent next year. Um, and so I, you know, I think with the coaching staff that they have in place, the program they have in place, um, you know, they're going to lose a lot, but they can definitely get a lot of talent in next year and, um, you know, be the favorites to win the Summit League again, which means that they're probably going to go to regional again, which means they've got a, a shot, you know? Yeah. 
you you mentioned Eastern man. Does uh you pay attention to Eastern and they have any guys in the pipeline that might be might be coming up? Uh, Eastern's a little more difficult to to follow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, back when some of my coaches that I played with were still there, I would keep tabs on them, but I don't really have a a pulse on what's going on there. I do know they just got a new head coach, I think, this past year. So we'll see. Um, you know, I would assume that pipeline stays strong, but we'll see. LSU's got a guy uh, that just started their last game. That's uh, also a Eastern guy. Did his first, first pipeline in this. Yeah. He's been out of the pretty incredible. Been out of the bullpen all the year and and got his first start of the year and and won a game. How how, how good wow. is this Eastern team if all their players are coming out and Dude. just killing it? Hey. <laughs> Eastern Oklahoma State Mountaineers can play some ball, boys. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very true. I'm going to focus in on a, a couple of guys that you uh, talked about, and I think the first one needs to be Cox. I mean, we sat we sat there and watched him hit BP. Do you think he's, you know, got the bat speed, um, got the fielding ability, you know, all the mechanics needed to be successful in the MLB? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's got – He's got three, probably four plus tools right now. Um, you know, he's he's got speed. He's he's very quick. Um, he's great in center field, so um, that's two tools. He can hit, obviously. Um, that's another tool. And then so the the you know the other two tools would be power, and if he has an arm, um, he has probably a um average to above average arm in center field so that's not going to hurt him he's got um probably average power right now but you know he's just a junior i think he had 12 home runs this year or something like that that's not necessarily his game he's a um you know he's more of a base hit kind of guy obviously with his hit streak and leading the country in hits. Um, you know, he's got a good approach. He's got a good eye. He's got quick hands. Um, he is very difficult to strike out. And those are things that it's very difficult to kind of teach. Um, and you can always sort of um, build strength as you go. So, you know, he's got those tools. Uh, obviously, he's a special guy. And, um you know, so I think that uh, that he will get drafted. I think if his power numbers were a little bit better than they were right now, he'd, he'd probably go higher. But, you know, like I said, those, those sort of things can come with time. So well, we'll I, I tell you what, he his bat speed was tremendous. I mean, watching watching him hit, you know, I think the, the four guys that were there uh, were Blaze, you know, Blaze. Cox and I think maybe Hogan was up there, those three guys. Mm-hmm. And you know, Cox's bat speed was just different. It was just way quicker. Uh, you know, Blaze looked like he probably had the best fundamentals out of any kid I've ever seen. But Cox is just his hands are so quick, his bat speed is there. Um, you know, I I I think he's got he's got the ability at the plate. And like you said. I think with a little bit of uh, help with the power, I think he would be pretty much unstoppable in my opinion. There's nothing holding him back from 
going as far as he wants to in the MLB, uh, switching over to, to Denton. I got to say, man, he may be the nicest kid I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, he was just so, so nice to everybody. And, and I'll tell this, you know, this story when, when we were leaving the field, you know, there was a, a line of kids that were there right towards the end of the field. And uh, Denton was the first person to those kids to sign autographs. And he was the last person to leave. I mean, he sat there and made sure every kid got, got what they wanted. And he was very open about talking. And I just got to say, man, he was, he, he was really, really awesome. And that was really cool. You don't really see that that often, but he's got a man. He's got the stuff. He, he shut him down in this college world series. I mean, he really did. Um, even the last game, three innings pitched. Uh, it looks like there was, or four innings pitch, three hits, um, nobody, uh, no base on balls, one base on balls. I'm sorry, six Ks. I mean, yeah, he had his good stuff. He salty. had his good stuff this last game. That's salty. So, yeah. I, I mean, I I think I agree with you that he's he's big league stuff. I mean, is that what you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, he is, and and if you you look at him, he's still developing, and he's one of those guys that that uh, when he was recruited to Oral Roberts, um, you know, he wasn't throwing that hard. He's, uh, if you look at him, he's still pretty thin on his frame. He's just, he's tall, lean. Um, and those type of guys, man, they can be late bloomers and they can sort of just kind of explode with, um, with velocity as they get into college and past college. And that's kind of what you're seeing with him. I think, he was, uh, from what I heard, he was throwing, you know, low mid eighties his his freshman year, and then wow. sophomore year started breaking ninety, and then you know, this year he's up in ninety five, ninety six, uh, with you know some nasty off speed stuff, a lot of movement, um, great command, and so you know, sky's the limit for him because he's you know he's not done developing like he's still got. Uh, some meat he could put on his frame and um he's obviously got a good head on his shoulders he's uh from every one that i've talked to super nice guy he's a smart kid too um he's an engineering major shout out to or roberts engineering majors like myself so <laughs> that uh <clears throat> listen that's not easy boys playing a, a full uh schedule d1 baseball and uh and keeping your grades up in an engineering track. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think uh, we'll be seeing him in the minors and not too long. And, and I think we'll probably see him in the show at some point. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I agree with you. His, his stuff is, is pretty nasty. And uh, I, I really think he's going to go on uh, to do some, some great things in the MLB. Um, I do want to uh, talk about a couple things. You know, you got a chance to to talk to the coaches at, at Or Roberts, um, but really, you got to talk about the technology that is going on in baseball, college baseball, and you know, youth baseball. The things that that we never even got to touch, you know, when we were in high school and in college. And I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain on on some of the stuff that you're seeing out there that's helping these kids develop in such a major way. Just like you said, didn't was so in mid eighties, you know, now he's mid nineties, you know, that that's got to come from some sort of, of technology and, and new stuff that they're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, that in particular, um, you know, I think that's just sort of his his body frame, his body type, the kind of the the tall, lanky okay. guys that take a little while to kind of grow into their their bodies. The late, the late bloomers, been, right? Yeah, you know, you've seen that for a long time. Um, but you know, there's there still is a lot of uh, technology out there to help with the with uh, you know pitchers and their spin rate. Um, and you know, I was shoot, I've been out of college baseball for 13 years and it's, it's changed dramatically. <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't been able to keep up with all of the, the changes. I've been a little bit busy, but getting to talk with, uh, the, with coach Fomber, um, you know, he was, he was just telling us about all the technology that they have at a school like Oral Roberts. That's pretty mind blowing you know, they, they use virtual reality goggles, which I mean, who that's knew? Crazy. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, apparently there's programs where you can sort of program in a, a pitcher's, um, you know, their velocity, their arm angle, their spin rate, uh, the movement on different uh, pitches. And basically you can simulate, uh, facing pitches from that pitcher before you even have seen them, uh, live on the diamond, you see them in virtual reality and, um, you know, so you that the morning before you see him, the day before as well. You know, the hitters go in, they put the goggles on, they they take some simulated pictures from the pitcher that they're going to be facing, which is pretty wild. Um, that is Jay. That yeah. is wild to me. That's a cheat that code right there. Wild. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. Do you think they're using this up in the major leagues? They have to be, oh, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if Oral Roberts has it, then major leagues have it and all the major division one programs have them as well. Right. I think it's going to be, going to be hard to compete and recruit if you don't have stuff like that. Nowadays. That is, that is absolutely insane that you can face a pitcher yeah. you know, in virtual reality. And, and I'm sure that just, I mean, helps tremendously, right? Tremendously. You would think, I don't, I have no idea. Um, that's just insane. Yeah, I, but you know the Justin, VR go goggles. Go put the goggles on. Let, yeah, go put the goggles on. <laughs> let, let, let us know, man. Go go take a visit to ORU and be like, hey, I'm I'm an alumni. I, I might have I, to I'm, do that this I, year. I this built this year, place. Yeah. Let let me see the goggles. <laughs> I might have to ask to do that next year. But uh, <laughs> they, you know they have other training like exercises you do on the goggles where you you kind of like see a pitch out of somebody's hand and it goes for like a, a third of the way there and it stops and you have to identify what type of picture it is and stuff like that. And, you know, things to work on your, your, um, recognition of uh, pitches and timing and things like that. And, you know, they also have, I think they call them the best, but it's basically like bodysuit type of stuff where, um, where you put it on, you take swings and, um, you know, the, the suit tracks where your body is in space, kind of like, you know, when you used to see people um, doing commercials for video games and they have the little balls on them. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, the computer's tracking their motion. So it's gotten a little more sophisticated than that. Um, but, you know, basically you can take swings and um, the suit will record kind of your body mechanics and uh, you can 
compare those to the body mechanics of major leaguers and compare them to yourself, you know, earlier on in the year and things like that. And, you know, the closest thing we had to that was, was, uh, taking videos of your swing and then yeah. kind of pulling it up on the computer alongside a major leaguer swing, which we thought was pretty cool at that point. That was pretty high tech. We had to do a side by side video. Um, but you know, this has got it down to, uh, a much more exact type of science. Um, and so I thought that was, uh, pretty cool. To, and basically they also have like TrackMan technology in, in their yeah, batting cage, cool. in one of their batting cages. Uh, so you don't have to, um, or you don't get to tell people that you hit a cage bomb. Um, if it doesn't actually go out <laughs> on the track, man, cause I mean, you'd, you'd see those guys all the time hit, hitting bombs in the cage that, the, that, that they said were bombs, but you know, track man's not going to let you lie on that anymore, but it also will tell you kind of your spin rate, your, your exit velocity, your launch angle, all of those kind of things. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, coach Fulmer was saying that the kind of the, the art of that is to, is knowing what to, what information to give, which players, you know, because that, that kind of stuff can get in your head. If, if you let it, you know, that's a lot of information. Um, you don't want to be thinking about too many things, especially if you're trying to hit a, a baseball, um, and so he said the you know the, the the coaching aspect comes into it when you're trying to decide how much information to give a player, um, you know whether they're a a guy that can process that type of information and, and utilize it, or if they're a guy that's more just has really good instincts and just needs a couple of you know tips or or things to key on here and there, um, and so obviously they're kind of finding the sweet spot there with their hitters and their pitchers. So it's pretty crazy, man. Um, That's nuts. That it's come a long way in a decade. Yeah. 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 I think it's crazy. Cause like, you know, you play college at, like, athletics, like when you were there and you think the stuff that you had was so cool. Right. And like, you're like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and then like, you, you finally get a chance to go back and you're like, dude, where was this when I was playing? Like, you're like, this is so like, this is awesome, you know? So it's wild, like the technology and like the advancements they, they've, they've had in such a short period of time. Yeah, Jay, I, I think you, uh, I think you could have gone, gone to the big leagues with that stuff. I mean, you did, yeah. you did beat Jordan Cox's uh, batting average at Eastern. So uh, junior college is a different, yeah, I also played <laughs> half a season due to injury, but <laughs> oh man that's funny he did uh just a little bit better than me at all roberts just a little bit <laughs> i love it i love it well yeah i mean know, do you overall... have any eligibility left can you can you go back and, and, and break that record <laughs> i wish man sometimes i i literally have dreams sometimes where i'm in my dream and i i realize i have another year of eligibility and i get to go play again <laughs> that that happens frequently and then <laughs> along with that i also have dreams that I am at uh, I'm at a game at Oral Robertson. I uh, brought the wrong jersey or something like that, and so I don't get to play because I didn't bring my jersey. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like childhood trauma. It is right. Like you did 100%. you did that during one of your tournaments, and mom made you not play or something. Has that ever happened yeah. to you at all? Oh, I've forgotten so many things. That's why I have. That's why I've dreamed about it. 
I forgot my cleats at times. I forget my gloves. What? I forget oh, my hat. Man. That's that's oh. more like little league and high school stuff when you don't have people to do that for yeah, you. Yeah, for but. sure. Yeah, well, I so you know go, going into this next year with the publicity that Oral Roberts got, uh, hopefully the good you know transfer portal uh, comes in Oral Roberts' way, has a good squad. Um, do you think? that Fulmer is the coach to get them over the hump here to actually, you know, maybe take one of these down sometime in the near future or maybe get into the championship. I understand that, you know, this is a, a once in a 50 year shot, even going to the college world series, but it seems like old Roberts has some momentum uh, where they could have a chance to get a little bit farther and, and, you know, my understanding is Fulmer is a, a phenomenal coach, but, you know, you play from a, for him. Do you think he he has the ability to to recruit well enough and maybe get these guys to a championship? If there's anybody that could get Oral Roberts to a championship, I think it's Fulmer. You know, there's there's challenges to being a a small Division One school. I mean, the attendance at Oral Roberts, um, enrollment at Oral Roberts is not that high. They don't have they don't have bukus of money, um, you know. Especially with NIL now, um, it's tough to get the top tier talent if you don't have money to to pay kids NIL money. I mean, LSU's third baseman got paid half a million dollars to transfer from yes. NC State, so. Um, or Roberts can't do that. Um, but hey, you boosters need to start paying some money to that school, <laughs> man. Let's, 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 let's get the big boys in. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, it, that's that's even more of a testament to the to the job that that Foley and and Neil and Davis are doing down there. Um, I mean, you look at uh, all the interviews with the kids. You know all the the post-game um, huddles, pep talks, prayers, all that stuff. I mean, these kids, they're locked in, and Foamy's their guy. And he's, you know, he's leading by example. They're, um, you know, they're taking it to heart. He's uh, He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's doing. He's an engaging guy. Um, and he's one of those guys that you, um, you don't really have any doubt that he cares about you as an individual as well as the team as a whole. Um, and so, you know, he uh, he's obviously proven that uh, he can get them to where they haven't been. And, you know, since 78, um, I think that uh, the national attention that Will Roberts got and, and that Fulmer got, you know, being coach of the year, um, guys are going to want to play for him. You know, you, um, you know, you got a, a guy that's not happy in his situation at a bigger school or, um, you know, someone that's got uh, recruited to go to a big school, but's playing behind a superstar or something like that, not getting playing time and thinking about places they can go where, you know, they got a chance to play a lot, win a lot, play for a great coaching staff, um, go to regionals, basically every year um and so you know, i think that that uh, that portal is going to open up and 
know, he needs to stay there if they want a chance to um, to go to the top. Because I think a lot of kids are going to want to go there for him and for you know the guys that are there right now. So uh, yeah, I think he's a guy for the job. Yeah, well, I mean, he he's garnered so much attention. I mean, like, what happens if the LSU come comes knocking down his door? Like, I mean, he's been at ORU for a very long time. Do you think you know it's time for a new challenge, or do you think he's loyal enough that to stick around and 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 see what what he can do here? Uh, you know, I have no idea. You never know what's going on in somebody's head. Um, you know, he uh, he's an OSU alum. He played in the College World Series at OSU. Uh, they've obviously have a big name coach right now, so I don't, you know, they haven't done well in the in the regionals the past couple of years, but I don't think that uh, Holiday's necessarily on the hot seat or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, who knows? I, you know, I won't speak for him. I don't, I don't know what type of offers he would get, but you know, I know he loves Will Roberts. He is loyal to that program, but you know. If you do well enough, sometimes uh, you get offers that are difficult to turn down. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think he's proven he's a good enough coach to kind of go wherever he wants and, um, you know, turn turn a program around or, or take a program that's there and carry him through the next, you know, so odd years. So I think that's something that's always going to be in in the background uh, with him now that now that the spotlight's been on him and he's you know proven that. He's one of the top coaches in the nation. I think that's always going to be trailing him. Uh, and like you said, um, you know, nobody can, can speak for him. He can speak for himself. But I'll tell you what, I bet you, I bet you, you know, colleges are going to be reaching out to him. Now, I can guarantee you that for sure. But it's not that he's not loyal. It just may be a better, you know, better fit. But I, I hope he stays. Got coach of the year. I think he deserved it. Um, everything that you've told me about him, Jay, when you were playing, uh, makes me like him even more. But just the way he's handled himself through this College World Series, what he's done uh, with a you know a, a group of, of kids that you know are transferring in and necessarily aren't uh, getting money to play, uh, so yep. to speak, it, it was a phenomenal task. And yeah, and they're and they're good they're good character kids. Yeah, you know what you oh, can yeah. tell and. You know, I think that that also speaks to to leadership, and and ultimately, that's you know that's what you want in a coach too is is not just someone that's that's there for themselves and there to get accolades for themselves and to to win at all costs. You want you want guys that are going to um, be invested in the kids and their character development, and uh, he seems to be you know a guy that can do both. So yep. that's that. That's one thing I think Ruben said when you guys came back, he, when you guys were, were around the players, he's like, dude, everyone is so nice. He's like, they, you know, they took time to talk to people. They took time to hang out. You know, you, you see guys, I mean, you see guys that, you know, at an event as big as this, and a lot of times, you know, they have egos mm-hmm. or they're cocky, they're stuck up and they want to spend time with you, but like they stop to talk to people. It's like, you know, hang, mm-hmm. take pictures with the kids. So you can tell that, you know, the character of the kids, um, you know, is great, and, and and it came from the probably you know came from the coaching staff, right? Yeah. So it, you know, it kind of you know the the post game interviews and that stuff. It, it it reminds me a little bit of what we just saw with with OU softball, just kind of the 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 high character um, oh, yeah. girls that they had on that team, and you know the, that is a reflection on on Patty Gasso's leadership. 
where I think the same thing's true with Homer. And, you know, I, another parallel with PJ's podcast that, that I see is a lot of people giving glory to God in these interviews. Oh, you softball, or Roberts, obviously, or Roberts, you know, that's somewhat expected, you know, but um, just because someone's playing sports at a, at a uh, religious school that's known yeah. for good athletics doesn't mean yeah. they're necessarily there for the religious experience. Um, but, um, you know, those guys seem to be, for the most part, have a, have a good relationship with the Lord. And, and, um, that's cool to see. And I think it, yeah. it shows in their, in their characters. So. I think that's a great point. You know, they, they took time to pray, uh, before the games, they were not shy about it. And, uh, I think you're right that most of that stems from the leadership, right? It shows, it shows how well Fulmer's doing with those, with those kids. And yeah, I mean, every single one of them were polite, you know, spent time with the alum, you know, none of them were, were mean or rude or anything like that. They, they took the time. So I, I agree with everything you said. Um, you know, we, we hope Oral Roberts can use this momentum uh, to build a, you know, a, a powerhouse here, uh, at least for the next couple of years, uh, maybe garner some more attention over the years as maybe we can become consistent you know, at least super regionals, if, if not the world series, I think that would uh, go a long way for us, but uh, anything else that, that you want to say on, or Robert Chesson? Um, no, I just uh, proud of these guys. It was fun for, you know, it was fun for me to, to go and watch them and wouldn't have been able to do that without them um, accomplishing what they did. And I think there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way that uh you know we're proud of them proud to be a part of uh you know at least building that legacy that uh that helped to lead to this and uh you know <clears throat> look forward to seeing what they got next year yeah sh shout out to to everybody that played for or roberts that showed up man they had a a great showing of, of alumni everybody was supporting them um, it seems like everybody was extremely happy to be there, traveled in their families. It was a, a, a great support, and the fans were were crazy out there. I mean, that home run game one was just rocking, dude. That was so cool. Rocking. That was, that was amazing. That was such a, a fun thing to watch and, and be a part of. And then uh, get the benefit of going out after and getting as mm -hmm. many jello shots as, as <laughs> I mean, I just, we, we went into an LSU bar and everybody was, was giving us jello shots because we had Florida coming up next, right? They were pulling for us. Everybody was pulling for us. So it was, it was a really great time, but Jay, I know it's getting late for you. I love you, brother. Uh, we'll have you back on soon. Okay. All right. We'll do. All right. All right. Love you. Can't be oral. <laughs> no it was uh it was really fun that was a that was a really fun one uh to watch and and to be a part of and um you know the fans were great everything about it was phenomenal so i, yeah. I hope they can keep producing and uh can keep that program uh, at the level it's at right now 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously with baseball, you know, and with the minor league system um, and the ways the pros, they probably like, I'm pretty sure every school does that, you know, the turnover or, or you must have every year and to be able to uh, be so successful every year with different players. I mean, that's just, I mean, that just shows you how good that coaching staff is. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, be surprised to see them back, you know, next year. And like I said, the, the publicity and, the national attention they got, you know, they're going to get some players now, man. So um, hopefully um, you guys can make the trip next year. And then, you know, I, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll be there right next to you guys. And, I, know, you know, I, I missed you, we, man. <laughs> I missed you. It, and we, we had a fan. Hey, maybe next year we'll have like five fans, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and we, we can grow this thing, but you know, kudos to ORU and I can't, can't wait to see them uh, uh, do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to sports, not a whole whole uh, a lot of sports going on, but why you guys were away? So I don't know if uh, you and Justin get to see a whole lot, but the U.S. Open did happen um, at um, the L.A. Country Club that um, had a lot of critics, you know, had a lot of bad things said about it, had a lot of good things said about it. But uh, Wyndham Clark won ten under, uh, and most of it was from us, like you know. Um, the first rounds were ridiculous, uh, very, very, very uh, low scores in the first round. But he won ten under. Uh, Rory, you know, finally getting his stride. He was uh, second place and like all day Sunday. I was like, okay, this is going to a playoff. Rory's going to get a shot. Um, but due to Wyndham Clark, just would not make a mistake. He was solid all the way through. You know, he was hitting long putts. He was, you know freaking chipping out of bunkers for birdie like for, for to save par Dude, he he was on but uh kudos to rory he's definitely got his game back and you know hopefully we'll we'll see him um win something pretty soon but what was your thoughts uh on the u.s open man um the first thing is i gotta give it to ricky man he he almost oh, led yeah. wire to wire it was so yeah. close you know we were all rooting for him you oh, know going boy. through a swing change well, just yeah. going through a swing change is difficult. It's it's yep. really difficult. You know, he's been golfing the same way his entire life. And to, to try to change that and be successful, and it wasn't a subtle change. It was a big change, yeah. right, which is it's just extremely hard to do. And, you know, the, those guys have been playing their entire lives. So when they get in moments, um, you know, like the, the final round of the U.S. Open, they just rely on their swing, right, mm -hmm. what, they've, what they've always done. And, you know, going into a, a U.S. Open, having a new swing uh, that necessarily may not be um, muscle memory yet is right. a little difficult. And you could tell, you could tell that final round, uh, he was just not hitting the ball, Chris. His hands were getting lower and lower as the round went on. Um, yeah. It, it's it's tough to, to deal with, but I was extremely happy to see him at the top of the leaderboard. I think any of us Oklahoma boys have been waiting for this. Oh, um, yeah. You know, he's we know he has the game for it. And I know he was going through going through that swing change and it looked it looked beautiful. I'm telling <laughs> you, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with over yeah. the next couple of years, as long as he sticks with, you know, sticks with the swing change. And, yeah. and I think the way to look at that is to see where his hands are. Right. If they're coming back down lower, you know, I think he's going to struggle because mm. he made the move to get his hands up higher. Right, it's going to be hard to go down low now, but right. up high still yeah. feels weird. Right, right? So you're in yet. this kind of limbo of where am right. I going? Am I going high? Am I going low? And I think the the swing that he had this weekend, those first three days, was was perfect. I think he was feeling it. 
Um, and like I said, you get in those moments where you're kind of shaky, uh, hearts racing, you kind of depend on muscle memory. And I just don't think it was there for him just yet, but I do think he's going to, he, he will knock one of these out soon enough. Right. I do. I do have confidence that he's going to do that. Uh, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, he was solid throughout the entire tournament, never really took a lead or anything like that. He was just kind of always there. Mm-hmm. Um, if he could putt a little bit better, I, I think he would have had a shot. Um, he's really been struggling with the putter lately. Don't know what's going on there, but I mean, you're not going to be able to win major championships when your putter, um, you know, just isn't one of the best in the field period. Oh, yeah. You have right. to be the top in the field to be able to, to win a, a major championship in period. He's been having the problem the last couple tournaments, right? Like he, he has, I, I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Uh, I really don't. Putting is so weird. You know, there's no perfect way to do it, right? If you look, everybody has a different, different way of doing things. Uh, It may just feel a little weird in his hands or something like that. He may have adjusted his, his eye line. He may have adjusted his, his hands slightly, uh, something Mm. along those lines to try to make himself better. And it, you know, again, when you get in those situations where you are uh, nervous or whatever it is, you really just go back to muscle memory period. And when you've, practice right the other way for so long it they start to intertwine with each other right so the new way hasn't fully formed but the old way wants to creep in there but you know you need to do the new way um to to be more successful so you kind of uh maybe come a little bit uh not as confident uh in your putter stroke yeah maybe what's going on there i can't i can't necessarily tell you uh to a pin but he, he, he did look good. I mean, he's always been a great ball striker, uh, always been calm, cool, and collected for the most part. So I think he did well. Uh, Rory, man, boy, Rory, I, I'm so happy to see him up there too. Right? We, we sat and talked him. about that. Both of us, we, we love yeah. Rory. Yeah. You know, we, we want him to be highly successful. And, I mean, his swing looked phenomenal, right? He's won – I think he's won a U.S. Open. Or is it, has he won a U.S. Open yet? I, I can't remember. Uh, I know he's won a couple of majors. Can't remember yeah. which ones they are, but he's I'm been in this sure. spot before. Right. Right. He shot a 70. So it wasn't anything spectacular. You know, the best round out there was Tommy Fleetwood with a 63. I mean, that is chugging away right. uh, at a U.S. Open. There was a ton. There was a ton of low scores. Right. The so conditions were really, really good the first couple especially of days. On, on Thursday, every, everyone was shooting a great score on Thursday. Right. And then. You know, uh, by the time he got to Sunday, I think, you know, the they had the, tur- the greens, I, yeah, I think they, they had sped up the greens a little bit. I, I don't know right. if uh, they thought, you know, the greens were fast enough the first day, uh, which right. I, I'm pretty sure they were fast. Maybe the pin placements were a little bit too easy, but right. boy, there were some low, low scores those yep. first couple of days. Right. So yeah. I, I, did, I did hear they, they changed that pin placement a lot, you know, and they made it a, a lot more uh, difficult, you know, and you saw that as the, as the, as the days went, went on. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could be rolling at a 14, 15 on the stint meter, but if you got easy pin placements, man, these pros are going to eat you up, yeah. right? You, you have to put them in places that don't give them uh, an advantage, right? You got to put them in places where they have to aim, you know, 10 yards left of the pin. Yeah. I mean, that's right. how you you set up these in U.S. The U.S. Open is known for being rough. You know, we've seen people win at a plus two, plus three, plus four before. 
right? right? And that's kind of what we expect when it comes to the U.S. Open is it to be difficult, to be, right. for it to be very difficult. And 10 under just really <laughs> ain't going to cut it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's yeah. difficult. Don't get me wrong. 10 under for pros is difficult. But, you know, the type of conditions that we're used to seeing, you know, three, four, five under, um, I got to say, you know, 10, un 10 under still is, uh, you know, still still really good to keep a pro at 10 under. Right. right. But from the U.S. Open standpoint, uh, I like to see those numbers at like three, four, five, somewhere in that range. Um, right. You know, the, the getting getting a pro to win at like plus three really isn't that entertaining to me. Right. Because it's no, just a no, bunch of par putts from no, 50 feet, 40 <laughs> feet, 30 feet. Yeah. No one wants to see that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I want to see some birdies. I want to see some nice eagles every once in a while. But, you know, making the rough extremely difficult. Uh, I like to see courses that um, give guys that hit it in the middle of the fairway a, a huge advantage. Right? Mm -hmm. The U.S. Open that uh, Bryson DeChambeau won, I mean, I don't think he hit a fairway all freaking all, all freaking uh, tournament. Right. I mean, he just, he just got up there and swung as hard as he could knowing that he was going to be able to make it to the green out of the rough. Right. Right. And and there's a lot of courses out there where you just can't do it. I think that's why he hasn't been truly successful um, across the board. Right. Because I think these harder golf courses, these major championship golf courses are set up to penalize you and penalize you really, really badly if you get it offline. Mm. Um, but Rory kept it together. Um Shot 65, 67, 69, 70. Uh, that's still Oof. phenomenal. That's great. Uh, I thought we were going to go into a playoff too. Mm. That would have been phenomenal to see. But boy, Clark just, boy, he just kept his head on. You he know really what I mean? Did. He kept it good and steady, right? He, he, you know, came a little bit apart towards the end of the round, right? He bogeyed 15. He bogeyed 16. You were sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, this guy. Yeah, it's happening. Look. It's happening. Right? It's, it's happening. Yeah. It is <laughs> happening. You know, it, you got Rory behind you, just even kill shooting pars. You know, he mm -hmm. bogeyed 14 and you know, that tears him up. You know, oh, yeah. there's nothing worse than bogey in a par five. I mean, it's <laughs> right. the worst feeling in the world. It, it right. really is. And I know that ate him up because that normally is a birdie hole. Right. Par right? five, that, you that kind hole, of make up ground, right? You're exactly right. You know, um, Clark birdied that hole. Yeah. Rory, Rory uh, bogey. That's a two shot swing. Yep. You know, all he has to do is par that. Um, and he didn't do it. So I, you know, again, in those types of situations, you bogey a, a par five that takes a toll on you. Um, it doesn't surprise me that, that he wasn't able to turn it around after that. Cause that, that's a, that's a rough hit, um, as a golfer, but I thought he looked good. Um, you know, it's, it looks like his head's back in it, right? Mm -hmm. We had talked about, we, we didn't know if he was going to be able to to keep his head in the game uh, with all of his personal stuff, but it looks like he's he's back to form. I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of the year, but I got to give it to to Clark. Kept his head on. The, the wheels were coming off the train in a hurry, but the dude kept it together, and he was yep. able to, to piece through 17 and 18 to get the victory. So kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely. And R Rory did, he did, he won a U.S. Open in 2011. Uh, he beat Jason I Day by, so. 
by eight strokes. So he was, yeah. I mean, he, he was 16 under, he cr crushed it. Yeah. I couldn't remember right. if that was the open or the U S open. I, I really couldn't, yeah. uh, but I knew he had win, uh, had won a couple of them. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's got one under his belt. So uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> see what happens with Roy, but it looks like he's got his game back and um, you know, that's, I think that's just good for golf. And, you know, he's like, a, he's like, in my eyes, he's like tiger to me, man. Right. You know, everybody, when tiger's there, people are out watching and everybody wants to see tiger do well. And they like tiger. And I think Roy is kind of in that same mold, right? When tiger, when Roy's doing well, golf is doing well. Right. And so um, I, I'm excited to see him um, play well and hopefully, you know, win some more tournaments pretty soon. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. He, he is, you know, as close to tiger as, as we have ever seen. Right. He, he's been on the scene as a young age. He's been highly successful. He hasn't had a ton of dips uh, in his career. Um, he's been good to the fans. He's been loyal to PGA. I mean, he, he really is, I would say, next to, you know, right on the mantle next to Tiger Woods. And yeah. uh, he, he draws a crowd. And, you know, it, it's, it's him and Tiger, in my opinion. As of right now, he, he will be the leading force in the PGA for probably a little bit longer. I mean, he's still young. Like I said, he came on the scene at 16, right? He, he's He's been there forever, right? Yeah. And he's had kind of the same track that Tiger had with everything, just without the personal stuff, right? And I think the the competition in golf has changed from, from Tiger to Rory. I think Rory uh, has a little bit harder field than than tiger did but i absolutely put him up there with tiger yeah absolutely all right and, and kind of off topic have you heard of this uh with tiger and rory this virtual golf league they're starting have you have you heard, looked into that so i man I, I haven't done a ton of it so you'll have to clue me in a little bit on it i've uh, seen things on it yeah but i haven't really got the full scope of, of exactly yeah. what it is I don't know. You're the golf guy. I don't, I've, I don't know either. I, I just, I, I've, I've heard about it and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to launch it. And so I was just like, like, what does this entail? Is, is this going to be in like an arena where people can watch? Like, like I, I, I myself want to uh, know more about it. And so I was, uh, and, and, you know, just inquiring from you and like, you know, this is something we can look into and, and get back to the people about it. But, um, you know, is it going to be pros or is, I mean, are they going to compete with the PGA or their competitor now? Like where does this league fall into the whole PGA live? Like, you know, what's, what's going on here? That's kind of where I was uh, going to ask. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm to be honest with you, I, I'm not real sure. I, when it first kind of came out, yeah. right. It was kind of hot. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it was looked interesting. Right. The first I think the first one that came out uh, was earlier this year, maybe in January or so. And then I just really haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. To be quite honest with you. So yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure. I think with all the live stuff in yeah. the merger, this has kind of been put on the back burner, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I'm so interested to, to see exactly what it's going to be. Huh. Yeah, so I'm on the website now. It's TGL Golf. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess so the players, they said it's Tiger, Rory, Justin Thomas, John Rahm, uh, Morikawa, Adam Scott, uh, Matt Fitzgerald, Max Homa, Billy Horschel, Justin Rose, uh, Shuffler, or Shuffle, 
uh, and Ricky Fowler. Those guys are in it. Um, and I guess they're partners with the PGA. So I, I don't know, though, uh, where it's going to – where is this? Uh, Los Angeles Golf Club. So yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, interesting to see, see what, what happens with this. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, um, it, it there really hasn't been a ton of information on it. No, there hasn't. I mean, there, there, there really hasn't. So, like I said, I think this got kicked to the back burner as the live stuff has been developing. Um, but if they do, I mean, basically, in, of, of what I understand, like it, it's a, a virtual arena, and instead yeah. of playing a, an actual course – these guys play on a virtual screen and you yeah. get to sit in the stands and cheer right next to them. Right. Crazy. I mean, stuff like that. So in essence, if that's really what's going to happen, I mean, it sounds pretty cool, yeah. right? I'd yeah, go to yeah. something like that. I mean, yeah, for so sure. It says the league will launch with six teams, each consisting of three PGA tour players. Uh, Tiger and Rory are the first two golfers committed to compete. The custom-built arena will combine a data-rich virtual course with state-of-the-art shot, uh, sh- a short game complex. So, like, obviously, like you know, there's a green, you know, the sand traps or stuff. Like once they were, you know, onto the short game, they actually have to do. Um, TGL will offer a high-tech, high-energy fan experience with fans sitting greenside. The inaugural TG- TGL season kicks off January 2024 with a 15-match regular season followed by playoffs and championship match. So, I mean, obviously we got some time till 2024, but um, a little interesting like take into golf, right? Just Yeah, I, th- I think they're trying to expand it, right? Yeah. This actually seems pretty cool if, if they can make it work. Yeah. Um, I, I'm interested to see how, the, how they're going to make this actually work. But just the whole thing of being in a, a small arena, uh, you know, next to, to Tiger Woods and, and Rory, and seeing right. them, you know, it would just be like what me and my brother do, you know, with the virtual, <laughs> uh, you know, track simulator stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, th- I think that'd be pretty cool to see. I, I don't know how much I would be willing to pay for that, but right. I'm interested in it. Uh, I think there needs to be more news about it and more information. I think right. uh, they've, uh, like I said, I think it's really been put on the back burner with everything yeah, going sure. on. That just, you know, the live stuff has been just front and center for so long now that I think this is kind of just fallen under the radar, but hopefully, I mean, if it says um, January, 2024, then, you know, they don't have much time left. They got about six months. So <laughs> they, get they, better, going. they better get on. I, th- I think they're like, man, hoping to, like tiger recovers. Right. And he's able to actually <laughs> play, play golf again. So like, that's a problem too. If like, yeah, your main, yeah he's going to have to get his stuff together. When your main investor is a uh, sideline with, with an injury. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with yeah. that. Um, yeah, but as far as, as far as sports, man, there's not a whole else going on. The uh, basketball, um, uh, what's it called? Boop. The draft, the NBA drafts is tomorrow. Uh, and so there's also, you know, you know, with the draft, there's a lot of rumors of trades. And so, um, you know, AK 47 was supposed to go to the Celtics. And I just got a notification that uh, that fell through. Um, I guess there was three teams, you know, all working together to make that happen. And that fell through. So we'll, we'll see what happens, because obviously there's some some teams are going to try to trade up. You know, some teams are going to try to move some pieces around so they can compete next year. But the Spurs currently have the number one pick, uh, followed by the Hornets. 
the Trailblazers, the Rockets, uh, and the Pistons at five. So, um, we'll, so we'll have you have you looked at uh, the top prospect, the guy that's supposed yeah. to be going first? Yeah, the one one on us like that. Yeah, dude, six five or seven five. He's seven seven five. seven five. Seven yeah. five. That is yeah. insane. That yeah, is and absolutely like, but, insane. But he, he doesn't move as like someone you that, that that would be seven five, right? Like you, you think of like Manute Bull and Sean Bradley, and these guys can't move, but this guy, like, dude, he's fluid, but he's seven five. So um, seven five, two two twenty. I mean, that's yeah. that's a monster. It's a monster. Uh, that's a right? monster. And, and, and you he's kind to... of come under the radar a little bit. You know, right. there's not a ton of people have who have really kept up with him. I mean, granted, he's been in France, but right. the dude is is I, I think going to be highly successful in the NBA. I mean, he has all the tools to be successful, right? And obviously, if you get stuck in a in a, with a crappy team, it's not going to work out. But uh, is is Pop still coaching at the Spurs, or did he retire? Greg Popovich. Uh, you know, I I think he's still there. I mean, so I, I don't think so anybody I mean, else has been there. So Pop, you know, obviously he's one of the best coaches in in the league, right? And so if if Spurs do take him at one, I I think you know he he brought up Tim Duncan. So if you know if he can make Tim Duncan the player that he is, I, I dude, he's in a great spot. I think. So, have you seen the other two? So have you seen the brothers? Uh, which brothers? With the Thompson the brothers. Oh no, I haven't. Yeah, I think it's uh, Amen and Asher. One's a shooting I've, guard, one's a point so guard. I've heard of Asher, yeah, but I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen much on them. Yeah, so so they're both uh, they're both ranked uh, fourth and fifth uh, going into the draft. I mean, not a not a ton of uh, not a ton of big names in this draft. To be honest with no. you, well, um, look I don't at think the, it's look the, at the best it. the best class. Look at the NBA or the college basketball season. There wasn't any really huge like names in college basketball this year, right? So, I, which is crazy because um, usually, you know, you, you know, you know the top guys, but there really isn't any. There were any top guys this year, so um, it'd be interesting to see who gets picked and what what happens. Like, like where did where did Amon and Asher play? Like, were they? Uh, they were in the overtime league. Okay, see, so, see, so so or even college guys. So it's it's very interesting to yeah. see what happens and, um, you know, who gets picked and kind of get some research and, and study some of these guys because they they're not the traditional like Kansas, UNC, Duke, Kentucky players. You know, so we you know shout. you know what's crazy is is you know looking at looking at some of these picks that you know Spurs Spurs in our time was was always at the top. Dude, powerhouse. Right, rockets have fallen. I mean, yeah. the Rockets were were in the runnings for a while. Yeah. Uh, but, it, you know, what's funny is you always see kind of the same people in the draft. You know, just about <laughs> every single year you got the, the Hornets at, at two right. normally there. The, well, MJ uh, just he's, – he's selling the team. So, you know, I, he's finally given up. He is. Being a, finally selling NBA his owner. interest in, in the team. Because he but, realized uh, he's a worse owner than he was a player. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had so much stuff going on. You know, I think he was into it for a while. Yeah. But then I just think he had so much other stuff going on. It just wasn't really appealing to him. 
I think yeah. a lot of guys that are, you know, ha- had been successful in the MLB or the NBA uh, have a t- hard time separating from sports, right. right? So they feel like they need to buy into um, uh, a team or go into announcing or something like that. But right. then they realize that there's so much other stuff going on in life, right? Yeah. That they don't necessarily need it as much as they yeah. think it's going to. 100%. Um, but he's, he's stuck it out for a very, very long time, right? Yeah. More props to him. Uh, but he's selling it and, and moving on. Yeah, but I mean, if you saw like the money he's making off of this is like the the value of the Hornets, and I don't remember how much it was. Um, the value yeah, of the Hornets, something like that. Yeah, like the value. I mean, the value of the Hornets when he bought in to the value of the Hornets now, like this is a crappy organization, right? And, but he is banking off of this sell, so uh, it's it, it's it's crazy. But I mean, kudos to MJ. He just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. Yep. I'm with you there. So uh, but that's all, all we got for sports. Um, I'm going to let you get started with all the other news and I'm going to run and get my charger. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, there's not a, a ton of political stuff going on. I think the main, main thing that's going on right now is the Hunter Biden case. Uh, If you haven't seen it, Hunter Biden has pled guilty, uh, will get a slap on the wrist, and that's about it. I mean, literally just just a slap on the wrist uh, for committing what I would say is is more of a crime uh, than Donald Trump did. But I think the only reason that the Biden administration is even letting this happen is because they're pursuing Trump. And I think what they're trying to set this up to be is a, hey, nobody's above the law. You know, even Hunter Biden, uh, you know, is convicted of this when he got the least amount of of time, the least amount of, uh, you know, penalties for his actions. And they are going to try to pop prop this up as see everybody uh, can be held accountable. But we all know that Hunter Biden got, you know, the sweetest heart, sweetheart deal uh, possible out there. I mean, yeah. he he left a freaking gun in a trash can and then lost it. Like, <laughs> like his that, laptop. That, just like his laptop. <laughs> I mean, it, it's absolutely right. insane. He he lied on his application to, re, uh, to receive a, a firearm and then left it in a trash can. And right. it was by a school. And they went back to get it and it was gone. And you're telling yeah. me that that Trump, you know, what Trump's crime is, is way worse than than that. I, w- I would say that one was was probably a little bit worse than, than what Trump, Biden, Hillary, Mike Pence has done. Right. It, I, I think it's just all a ploy to kind of take the take the eyes off of uh, what Biden did with the documents and what Hillary did. And it's also a way to shield um Trump or shield Biden from maybe having charges put against him later on because they're going to say, well, you know, Trump, Trump got indicted. Maybe he gets convicted. Maybe he doesn't. But I think the administration is going to go, you know, see everybody's under the law, even the president's son. Just watch, watch for that campaign. I bet you that will come out sooner or later. 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think everyone should know. So he didn't pay taxes in 2017 and 2018. So he got busted on that, right? Um, and then he got a weapons. But do you know how much he owed in taxes? Uh, I know like, he repaid like 2.1 million, 2.3 million. Okay. How does that man pay that much taxes? Uh, he made a ton of money. Doing what? <laughs> doing uh, what he was on the board of that ukraine energy company yeah you're exactly right I mean, with I mean, zero energy experience bro, if you like if bro. you see, if you look to see like the boards and the things that he was involved with with like right yeah like how did you get this job it's all obviously it's all like a political influence because of like who his dad was and you know and who you're in bed with right so uh, obviously he got the jobs because of his, his dad and the, the influence that like he could provide to his dad so those companies and those countries can get extra benefits and special privileges right so um one that's that's immoral and that's wrong but um we know we know hunter's not a very moral person to begin with yeah obviously. but so two years of not paying taxes um and of course they blame that on his addiction and he was in a bad place because of the death of his brother that's what they're blaming it on um and then obviously the weapons charge because um, being a, a drug addict, he cannot um, have a gun, and um, obviously he he did. So um, fi- what blows my mind is like this was a five year investigation. They're saying, you know how much money they probably spent invest for five years investigating this, and just to be like, okay, we're just going to put you on probation um, and just you know let you just live your life. Yeah. Like what a waste of resources, time energy and money to, to, to come with this conclusion and so and i do i you know obviously if trump does get back in office he is going to come after the biden family with a vengeance and i you know and i think you're right they're doing this to say hey you know no one's above the law look look what happened to biden's son like we you know we found him guilty he pled guilty right and I, but that's yeah, not gonna be good what enough. he gets though well, yeah, he, he, got, he got nothing. He got nothing. Like six months of probation. Got, yeah, no jail time. You know, he, he yes, he had to pay the money back. He had to pay the fine. But obviously, with that family, money's not an issue, right? And so he's living his life. So he's probably on a board of another company making more millions of dollars. So I, I mean, just be careful, Biden family. Like, if if Trump gets back in office, he's coming after everybody. <laughs> so like, very true. No, no, no one is safe. And believe me, he's keeping notes and he's keeping tabs and you no, know, you know, all, all those things you're saying about him. But obviously that the Biden family has some skeletons in their closet, too. And and, and they're going to come out, you know, if, if if Trump gets his gets his chance. Well, I mean, I, I think they may come out a little bit sooner than that. I, I think this is a ploy to, like I said, a ploy to shield everybody. Right. Say everybody. Nobody's against the uh, big enough. Right. To to get convicted. Right. Which gives more ammo to convict Trump. Right. I, right. I think that was something else that, that they were right. doing. Right. But you're to exactly say, right. To say that, oh, the DOJ, they invested the Biden family, too. And look, he, he pled guilty. You know, like they're going to they're going to use that to say, hey, we, we, we treat everyone equally. Every everyone gets the same treatment over here. But, you know, we I mean, yeah, we, you, we, we know that's what you know what I, I mean, I wonder what have been somebody that you know, is underprivileged, what kind of conviction they would have got? 
right? They oh, didn't yeah. have the best lawyers on the planet. 15 right? years well, in jail easily. Yeah, you know, you're like... exactly right. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're trying to prop it up like nobody's right. above the law, but it's proving that there are people above the law, period. Right. Right. Because he should have more jail time. Right. You can do all this bad crap and you get six months probation. But, you know, there's people sitting in jail for way, way less than that. Way less. There's there's people sitting in jail for like like selling marijuana, which happens to be like legal. (laughs) Right. right. They're just proving our point without and then claiming that they're not. Right. right. That, that they're proving their point. It's like, no, no, no. you're not, dude. Not, not even not, close. Not but even I, close. I think there'll be more things that come down the pipeline here. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think the investigations are open or are over. Right. Because there's way more things that they're going to investigate with him. Right. But I mean, just oh. that the money, the money in general, how much money that man made over those two years is yeah. just insane and, and shouldn't happen because he, I mean, he was addicted to drugs. I mean, how do you how do you do that, right? Other than just hopping in planes and and grabbing bags of cash for your last name, I I don't know. Right. Yeah, I mean, I obviously the value that he he actually the work he actually performed for these companies was probably very little for the amount that he got paid. He got paid because you know he's a Biden, right? And in the the influence that you know the companies thought they could get by getting that close to to um, his dad. Um, but obviously like, I mean, this guy obviously is not a good guy, right? You know, the drug addiction, uh, the women, the alcohol, the, you know, I think if someone took a, if someone dug into Hunter Biden's life, as much as they dug into Trump's life, they they would find some crazy stuff. Well, I mean, they have, I mean, that's what a lot of people are screaming and shouting about, right? We, We have his laptop. Yeah. Right. There's there's a video uh, of him doing like crack cocaine on yeah. video with hookers. Right. Like, but nothing you had that, brought against him. If you have that much money, why are you doing crack anyway? Why don't you have it go for the good stuff, the cocaina, the powder? Yeah, you right. Know what I'm right. right. <laughs> the, the rich man drugs. Right. Uh, right. But I mean, I think there there is evidence out there for it. It's mm-hmm. just nobody. Again, you, you have to find somebody to prosecute him. Right. That's the thing is, is you have to be able to prosecute him or find somebody that's going to bring charges against him. And it's hard mm-hmm. to do that when your father's the sitting president of the United States. Right. right? And I just think that this is not over whatsoever. This isn't going to calm anything down like they think it's going to. I think it's going to only put fuel on the fire. It's going to piss off a lot of people. A lot oh, of yeah. people that have been convicted for less and spent more time, I think it's going to make right. them really, really mad. Hopefully it opens some eyes to people that think that, you know, the Biden family is is free and clear of everything and, and they've done everything right. I mean, it, it's not correct. And I think there's going to be more more things that come downhill after this for, for sure. This is not yeah. over. No, no, I yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. And like I said, I mean, it's just going to be amplified if if Trump becomes the next president, um, because I think I think he has a you know a quote unquote hit list, and there's a lot of people in, in his sites that you know he's he's going to want to take down um, for what they're you know they've been doing since he's he uh, left office. Well, speaking of Trump, uh, I think I think the wheels are coming off. Uh, um, <laughs> right. I, I'm serious. Uh, I've I've watched him on CNN a couple of times, and mm-hmm. I just think the wheels are kind of coming off. 
Um, he, he keeps dogging on every single person that even comes in, in his line of sight, Republican, right. it, it doesn't matter. He is throwing shots everywhere. But that was, I the, think, that was the playbook the first time around too. You know, he did the same. Yeah. Thing. But he was throwing shots at Democrats most of the right. time. Right. Yeah. I, during debates and stuff like that yeah right. a, a little bit but it was more focused on just democrats and hillary right and in joe biden he's he is more focused on throwing republicans under the bus right. than what yeah. the hell biden's doing yeah right well, I he, mean, he has like the same he hasn't faced a threat like DeSantis through his own party right or you know there's there's he's being much more contested this time around than he ever was last time around right he won by a landslide uh, the Republican, you know, nomination. So I think I think that's why he's doing it. Like he, if, if you're a threat to him, you, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get it, no matter what side you're on, right? Yeah, but I mean, I I don't think people like that. I, I know no, I sure no. as hell don't, right? Because no. what's more important to me is getting them out of office than getting you into office. Right? No. I just want them out. I, no. I don't care who's able to beat them. I just want somebody to beat them, to beat them. And no. I I think. I think the more he goes on and keeps throwing people under the bus and, you know, I, I, I've listened to, to somebody talk about everybody he's hired and fired. That list is just massive. Oh, it's massive. Right? Yep. It's absolutely massive. And then he goes around claiming that he has hired the best people ever. And it's like, well, you fired every single one of them. So yeah. I, I don't understand what you're doing. He calls names to people and, you know, some people like that. I, I get it. Like I get it. I understand it. But I just think he's he's kind of spinning his wheels. He's out there talking about a court case um, that <laughs> he shouldn't really be talking about, right? right? He's saying he's he's hasn't done anything wrong. We know that he's done stuff wrong. Um, it's just I think it's getting a little bit out of control. And I think I think you're right that he's getting tested. I don't think he knows how to how to necessarily handle that because right. of who DeSantis is, yeah. right? He's he's performing at a high level in Florida. Um, Trump has kind of been sliding uh, down the polls, I think, a little bit. I think his stance mm -hmm. with Bud Light hurt him. Um, that whole talk about not being able to be bought. I right. mean, I'm sorry that went out the window when you said support Bud Light because Bud Light supports me. <laughs> Those right? $5 million like, Bud Light shares are speaking a lot, aren't they? Yep, yep. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what we're trying to get rid of here. Right. So I think he's turning this into a little bit of a sideshow. And I think oh, yeah. people liked it uh back in 2016 um but are kind of tired of it now i think they want right. to go back to the political norm uh which is you kind of shut your mouth and just do you know just take care of everything without you know being so loud and calling people names and, and different stuff right. like that but yeah. i think i think he's going down a little bit what what's your thoughts no i i mean i totally agree with you i can't argue with any of the points that you just made um but I, I do think you know he's he's taken a lot of the the playbook that he, that uh, he won the presidency with last time. But like you said, he he's expanded the, um, who he's going after. Like you're right, you're right. A lot of time it was Hillary and and what Sleepy Joe, right? Um, and he and he was blasting the Democrats, and but now he's blasting uh, everyone. You know, he he talks about Fox News. He talks about you know, um, like you said, other Republicans. You know, and these are Republicans that. You know, worked for him that supported him in the past, and 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 now he's going he's going after them too, right? So, um, you know, Gov Governor Christie talks about him like that used to be his boy, right? And so, yeah, um, I, I think I think 
he's making a lot more enemies and he might not be able to bounce back from it. You know, the Trumpers. I think that's a good take. You know, I think that, you know, the Trumpers are only going to back him for so long or there's only so many of them that he's going to need help outside of like his loyal uh, fan base. And so we'll we'll see what, what happens. I mean, if you look at even like the, the lawyers, he has lost, I think, eight, seven, eight lawyers already like in the past six months. You know, it's because and, and, he does exactly the opposite right. of what his they're lawyers o- tell him. Right. To do. They're over here giving Don't advice. go on national television and talk <laughs> about the case. And what's right. he do? He goes on national television to talk about the right. case. It's like, dude, what? Right. He's, he's, like, he's every lawyer's worst nightmare. Worst nightmare. It's like we can't win this if you're gonna if you're gonna do this. And then what do you do? He goes and does it, right? And I and I feel like you know I don't know if he has a campaign manager or what the case may be, but I feel like he's doing the exact same thing on the on the political trail. At some point, he's gonna have to get rid of like the the name calling and the, and the bashing because people are gonna get tired of that if they or if they're not tired of it already. And he's gonna have to come with some policies and he's gonna actually actually debate people right and not just you know make fun of them. So um, I think you know he's still leading in the polls for the Republican Party, but I think that's gonna fall pretty quickly once things get a little bit more serious. Yeah, and I agree with you. And the thing about DeSantis is, is he's not afraid to to pull punches either. Right. He just does it in, in a, a more classful way. And I think that's right. kind of what everybody's looking for, right? They're they're looking to hit back, but right. not necessarily in the way that Trump's doing it right now. Right. And I, I think that it's gonna have to change here pretty quickly. I mean, all Trump has to do is just point at Biden and shut the hell up because that man is just his, I mean, you talk about Will's coming off. His presidency is coming apart. <laughs> right. And it's coming apart quickly because I think he is degrading extremely fast. I mean, I can't tell you, I can't, I can't watch, you know, the, the gifts. I can't keep up with them. He just keeps having so many, right? right. Like it's just a day after day after day after day. You know, he's, he's stumbling around. He's, I mean, just saying just nonsense sometimes, like literal yeah. nonsense. And, you know, I, 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 here's, here's my, you know, it's Wednesday. We haven't done it for a week. So we're not necessarily doing conspiracy theory Wednesdays, but oh, do we have one? I think, I think that Joe Biden wasn't supposed to announce that he was running for president. <laughs> and, right. and the guy that interviewed him, kind of tricked him into saying it. And then he had to run with it. it. Right. Right. He had to run with it. Right. Because I I truly think that he is not going to be able to make it like at all. And I think that guy who interviewed him kind of finagled his way into getting Biden to say that. And I'm, I I could imagine people going, Oh fuck. (laughs) Right. He was not supposed to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think they were going to try to hold off for quite some time before they found somebody else to run. So, yeah. I mean, conspiracy theory, I don't think he was supposed to say it. I think he said it on kind of accident or maybe got tricked into it. And then they had to, are just having to roll with it. Yeah. But I, I truly do think that he's probably going to pull out of the race. That's my honest prediction because he is, he is looking really, really bad and nobody likes him. They did yeah. a poll I think like 20% of America likes him, maybe even right. lower than that. I mean, right. nobody he, does. 
He's he's struggling. Like like you said, like we've played many clips before. We've talked about it. He can't even talk in public. You know, he he stumbles off over his words. He falls down. Like stumbles over everything. He stumbles over everything, right? And and this is you know the leader of our country, right? And so you know people are tired of it. People are embarrassed about it. You know, you know obviously he's not the guy in control, and I think people are seeing that. You know, and so I think everyone is ready to move on from him. Republicans, Democrats, independent, independents, all of them. And, you know, on a Democratic side, you know, you have, you know, RFK Jr. is gaining a lot of steam, man. You know, it really is. I've, I've seen people in the middle. I've seen people on the right and people on the left speak very highly about this guy. You know, he was on Joe Rogan. He's been going, doing the circuit, giving speeches and talking. And the more people are hearing, you know, about him and some of the things he believes in, people are really get, starting to get behind him. And we're, I think we're going to see a big shift uh, pretty soon, um, even on the Democratic side, of, away from Biden and, and, and towards uh, someone new. Yeah, I mean, if uh, RFK keeps keeps uh, gaining speed right now. I, I think that he has a shot to maybe maybe fill that spot as the top dim. Uh, I mean, as much as much as I've I've listened to him, he said some off the wall stuff, some bonker stuff. <laughs> he, he, uh, he talks some crazy. He talks crazy sometimes. He, he really does. And you know, something that makes him a good speaker and and uh, people you know kind of gravitate to him is the way he he speaks. He speaks with. Mm. Uh, divinity like it's mm-hmm. correct and a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. he says is just wacko not right not even close to being correct but the way right. he communicates and oh, a lot of great leaders were that way no oh, yeah right i mean there was a reason that you know hitler had so many followings and one of those reasons is the way he spoke he was right. probably one of you know one of the better communicators you know, that's been out there. I mean, how do you get so many people to do such bad things, right? It's right. not just that right. people are, are evil uh, at their core, right? I don't find right. that to be the case. But RFK is very good um, in political situations, in talk shows, and and I think a, a debate would be he would be very good. I mean, he's sharp. But, you know, I just don't know if the Democratic Party is going to let him right. uh, climb to the top. That's yeah, my thing is, is I think they're at the point where they're fully in control and, yeah. you know, I just don't know if they're going to let him get there. Right. I agree. Cause you know, like, you know, we look at the Democrats and what kind of what their platform has been and like, I mean, you know, he's not for COVID, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, he um, isn't, you know, a true Democrat on, but he's running as a Democrat. So you're, you're right. I don't think if, I don't know yet. And like, just like you said, if, if the Democrats are going to ride with this guy, just because, um, he does talk crazy sometimes, and you know, obviously, he doesn't fully true, truly believe in everything the Democrats believe in. You know, so um, we shall see. You know, um, on the Republican side, of course, we talked about uh, your boy DeSantis. You know, he, he's second to Trump, and third place actually um, is Tim Scott. So um, right now, he's he's gaining traction. Like we, we talked about him the other day, and he was on the View or some crazy show, and um, you know, a lot of, he talks well too. He's he's a good speaker, and um, you know he does well in South Carolina. So we shall see what happens there. But those guys are are picking up steam. But you guys say DeSantis eventually is going to catch up and surpass Trump, and then I think you're going to see just Trump just fuck. He's going to like implode, you know, and 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 he's he's going to it's going to crash and burn. Yeah, I mean, it, it I 
<laughs> it's just a, I mean, I, I don't, I don't even know. It's, it's a circus, right? And, and yeah. I honestly, I mean, honestly, honestly, is this really what we want? And I mean, old Joe and crazy Trump, like Sleep, sleepy Joe, we are going to right. elect. I mean, freaking a dude. I, I don't right. know. If, I don't know if Trump's going to be president or in jail. Like, what <laughs> right. the hell is going on? And this is the person right. that people are trying to vote right. into, right. you know, president of the United States. It's just insane to me. Um, and, and I think people, you know, our age, you know, uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit above us are just sick of it. The younger crowd, I think, maybe is used to this much of a chaos because they kind of yeah. grew up. Yeah, this uh, is all they know, right? Chaos. But this is not the way it used to be. It's not the way it should be. Right. right? It, it should not be this chaotic. Uh, and, and we don't even know what's going to happen in, in this stuff. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to run. I mean, I, I just got no idea, right? No and, idea. and it would be it would be a tragedy if you know his chief political opponent, right, uh, convicts him of a crime to get him not to run for, for a president, right? right. It, that's something you see in, in a dictatorship, right? Something that shouldn't be in America. But right. that being said, you know, I. I, I really just want Trump off the ticket, to, to be quite yeah. honest with you. I think it's just right. too chaotic for me. I think there are people that can do um, they can do the job that everybody's wanting Trump to do, right? Be loud, uh, put mm. the you know, put the left in their place, put the mainstream media in their place, right? Go after the Bidens, all that different stuff. I think either one of those guys can do that. Tim Scott's a little soft for me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think I think DeSantis would would man up and do everything. And on top of that, you know, Trump's been promising a lot of stuff that he didn't do. Right. Drain yeah. the swamp, smaller yeah. government. He, right. he had it. He had the Senate. He had the House. He, right. he didn't do either one of those things. So he could have got anything done that he wanted, you know, while he was president, because, you know, the Republicans ran everything. Right. So, yeah. Um, and yeah. we, like, you, like you said, you know, we're all about get the government out of our business. And, and what did he do? He expanded the government when he, yeah. he promised he would do the opposite drain the swamp. Nope. Everyone's still there. Right. So yeah. um, um, you're, you're exactly right. There's a lot of um, unkept promises and a lot of broken promises um, that, you know, doesn't get talked about very much, but, you know, as well as our economy was and the well, the way our company or our company, see, or our country ran on that regard as a company, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other things that, you know, didn't, didn't go well. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I thought he did great, but there were just some things that yeah. I think he's, he promised that he, he didn't deliver. And I just think there's other people uh, in the pipeline yeah. that can produce better than, than, than he can without all the, the craziness uh, that comes yeah. with it. I mean, so We'll see. I, I think the wheels are coming off a little bit for him. Uh, I think the the Biden presidency is is sinking and it's sinking hard. Um, right. I mean, the the poor White House press secretary just has the worst job on this planet. Trying to yeah. spin everything that Biden does into a positive has got to be the most just most yeah. terrible job. I, I I literally said that's the worst job in the world. I rather I rather pick up trash than be the press secretary. I think like, so. even like, even uh, during Trump's you know presidency, what he he went through three of them, four of them, you know, uh, you know, and then I'm surprised this lady here has has stuck it through 
so long as she has with she with hit the quota. Gotta yeah, keep her. She, she does. You know, if yeah, if she leaves, someone's getting fired because now you know what's going on. You know, yep, yeah, mean, we got we gotta fill that gap, right? With gotta, the minority gotta, that's we, lesbian and we gotta buying whatever. We got to keep those, keep those numbers up. So yeah, it doesn't uh, matter how good you are or what, what you've done before. Oh, what's that's that crazy. What's, what's that score again? I, I forgot. I keep forgetting. ESG. Yeah. Got to keep the ESG score up. You so. got to keep it up, man. Got to um, keep it up. So, and so make sure exactly, you rack up right. those points before they make a social credit score. Right. Yeah, that's right. But li- literally the worst job ever, especially when you, yeah. you have to defend a person that, I mean, I, I, when what the president is doing is good and true and, and moral and, you know, like, you know, like everything has good intentions in, in the world is the world. The country is running well. It's just an easy job. Problem is that hasn't happened in a while. So you're so, exactly right. I mean, so on, on, on top of everything that, that's going on, I mean, I think the Biden administration has made a fool of themselves uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of days overseas, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of kowtowed to China. Um, you know, the, the guy that was over there kind of let it slip that, they're necessarily not on Taiwan's side, uh, which I think mm. was a massive right. slip for him. Right. Um, I, their foreign policy is just crumbling right now. Uh, on the home front, you know, inflation is high. Biden's stumbling. You know, they're trying to pass all these deals. They're promising mountains of stuff to the left and can't get anything done. I mean, right. I think it's just kind of coming off over there. And Joe Biden's just eating pudding in the corner right <laughs> just asking what he needs to do next right um, dude he, go ahead sorry you, you you make a great point and i went like think if you're taiwan and you heard that because basically the only thing that's keeping china from invading taiwan is the united yeah. states and the united states yeah. like yeah yeah i don't know you could probably take them i don't know you know and Taiwan's well, like, i mean no, no stop, stop yeah i mean seriously <laughs> the the policy we've had is we've kind of left it you know kind of open Will we defend them? Will we not? It's kind of like nobody really knows. Uh, Boy, plain out said, you know, we're not going to, right? Which is a a green light for China, which is just stupid. I mean, it's really, it's, it's been in our favor to kind of been, to to kind of be in that middle where it's like, we don't know what you're, you know, you touch them. We may bomb the hell out of you. You know, it's kind of just been always, always right there. And it's not that case anymore. And that's a big, that's a big issue. And and like I said, I mean, every single corner of the Biden administration is just struggling and they're not really doing a good job. And even those people that have been on Biden's side, uh, I think are struggling to see where the advantage is to have him in office, right? Because there's, I I can't see an advantage for him being in office, right? The one advantage I saw was maybe I get my student loans paid for. We ain't doing that either. (laughs) Right. So what advantage do we have? Inflation is higher. Gas is higher. There's less, you know, there's less uh, money going around for for jobs. Everybody's trying to hire for quotas. Right. So if you're not, um, you know, gay, lesbian or bi or, you know, a minority, your jobs are are shrinking. Right. Like, what is he doing? I mean, what is he doing? What's the benefit of having him in office? I mean, can you tell me one? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's. Like I said, I, I can't re- really, right? And so um, he's just giving speeches and making up words and going, whatever. So, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. 
it's insane. So um, we'll see what happens. But I mean, like, like I said, it, he's not coming back. I, 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 I highly doubt by the time they get down to the Democratic nominees and stuff, I, he's going to pull out. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. He's not. He's not going to end up running. I, I agree with you. I want to understand. I told you. I, I I think that that is actually what is going to happen. I don't think he was supposed to announce he was running for president. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really don't. And I think he he let it slip when he wasn't supposed to, and then they had to just run with it because there's yeah. no way he's going on. A, you think he's going on a debate stage? Are you kidding no. me? No. He's gonna. He would get rocked. He can't say five freaking words together right, right now he right. will get absolutely demolished and something i mark it down on the calendar some sort of big health thing is going to come up about i don't know six months from now right yeah where he's going to have to pull out no. mark it on the calendar something right. some big health it's not going to be from his uh inability which we all know it is but it's right. going to be some sort of major health concern like cancer or he's going blind or going <laughs> something along those lines. Right. Something where where there's no way he's going to be able to run. Yeah. Dude, That's like, how they uh, get him out. I 100 I, percent I agree. I, I have this clip. And I, I, I wanted to, I, I'll send it to you uh, later. But he's like this is like, I don't know six years ago, eight years ago. And he's debating Sarah Palin. And like, the guy is like, he is coherent. He's cognitive. Everything is there. Right. And you see that guy and then you see this guy now, they are not the same, bro. They are not the same. And like, and I, I look at that guy that was in that debate and I was like, okay, I can see him running our country, but the guy that's running our country now is not, I don't know if it's here or, you know, we have, I have a neighbor across the street that's like, that says it's not, not even him. It's, it's, a, it's some guy wearing his, a mask, you know. I um, think they'd pick but, a better guy then. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right. His Seriously. stunt double, his stunt double is awful. Stunt double is awful. <laughs> but, but whatever the case may be, like, it's, it's not the guy people thought they were getting when they voted him in office. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, we're, we're running pretty late here. We'll do yeah, a, sure. just a quick Jesus. Uh, portion really i i just want to give kudos to to oklahoma uh, as a whole right on on just showing their their faith to the father within the sports realm something that i think we've lacked as a society or even sports people that watch sports that are faithful and you know love the father um i think we've seen a a lack of of uh, christian athletes coming out and showing their faith in over the last month or so, you've had OU, you've had Oral Roberts come out, praying on the field, giving thanks to the Father. And I think I just, I, I want to see more out of that, but I also want to uh, commend everybody that's that's played on those two teams and also just Oklahoma as a whole. I think they've done a great job representing, you know, the the Christian athletes of the world and have said some some great things. So, I mean, that was really the only thing I, I really wanted to talk about um, yeah. on this little bit of a, a Jesus portion. 
Yeah, I, I think it's so cool too. Obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, it started with OU softball. That's where you got running in to be in a press conference after winning a national championship, basically in front of the world. And you know, and you're giving thanks to God, right? You, you know, that that is that's powerful. That's awesome. And that's something you haven't seen in the past. And obviously, in or are you, you know, people are like, oh yeah, they're a Christian school, but that doesn't, you know, that isn't to me. It doesn't mean anything. Like, but they are putting action behind it, right? And you know, to see them be, you know, so open about it. It's awesome, and, and to me, like hopefully there's a there's a change because you know the last person uh, you saw do that was Tim Tebow, and I think he kind of got blackballed out of the league because he was so open about it, you know. And I and I hope enough people are willing to do it to kind of change that to where you know it doesn't have to be taboo anymore that it's actually accepted and that it's actually encouraged. So um, kudos to them, and I think hopefully it's a, it's a trend that you know, lets people know it's okay to do it and, and they will be more outwardly and open about it. Yeah. I mean, th that's what I hope comes out of this, right? That yeah. it's not so taboo anymore, right? Yeah. That uh, if you're a Christian athlete, you can praise God and uh, not feel like you're going to get shunned or, or anything like that. I think the, yeah. uh, you know, starting with the, the Oklahoma Sooners, right? They got praised for it. You mm -hmm. know, there was not a ton of negativity there that I saw. Yeah. Um, you know, 60% of America is considered Christians, right? Yep. So we shouldn't have to feel like we're taboo uh, by speaking openly about our faith and what we believe, right? Even though it seems like that in the mainstream, I don't think that's uh, technically correct all across the board. Um, but to, to get on that type of stage and to show your faith is a very hard thing to do, a very hard thing to do. I think that's why there hasn't been a ton of them, but I'm hoping that this starts to get the ball to roll downhill. That's my, that's my hope in all this. And mm. I think the father is making a push to get, you know, get Christians to speak out. Right. And I, it, whatever the father wants to do, he'll get it done. And I think he's, you know, maybe using the Sooners and using Oral Roberts to spotlight that a little bit that will hopefully, you know, start to get the ball rolling downhill where we start to see more and more, of this. And, and you're right. Tim Tebow was kind of the, the first person to, uh, you know, there was a lot of people before him, but there was also a period where just nobody said anything. And then yep. he kind of kicked the door wide open uh, with how much he talked about it. Yeah. Right. And how faithful he was to the father during, uh, you know, his playing careers and kind of paved the way for, for other people to show their faith in that way. And hopefully we see it more and more and more. Is, mm. is really what I'm wishing for. Yeah, nope, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. So um, I think the state of Oklahoma definitely set, set the path to get that going again. Um, and hopefully, it, you know, it doesn't fall on deaf ears and, and people, people jump on board and, and, and they continue to do it. And it's, it's like I said, like it's something, I hope it's encouraged and pushed and, and, and not, and not, uh, you know, considered taboo anymore as well. So, yeah. So, uh, the, the other thing I wanted to, to kind of challenge everybody to do, uh, but also just a, a neat story down in uh, Omaha. I spent some time with a, a couple of the homeless people out there. And I just got to say, man, they were the nicest people. I mean, they they really were. Uh, they were willing to talk with me about their issues, uh, but they never asked anything of me, uh, which is very um, not common. Right. But I, I challenge you, man, if you see somebody that's struggling, sit down, have a conversation with them. Most of the time they're wide open on what their issues are, what their problems are. 
Um, I sat and prayed with the guy for, you know, five, 10 minutes, um, just asking for certain different things. He never asked for anything that, that, uh, was out of this world, right. More just doors to be open for him. You know, he knew what he was struggling with, uh, didn't really know how to break it. And, you know, we sat and we prayed about it, you know, that the Mm. father would give him a, give him a doorway, uh, to, to kick his addiction. Uh, He didn't want to have it right. He did not want to have it whatsoever. So, you know, I just, I challenge you talk to these guys, you know, everybody's hurting, uh, that, that is out there. Um, there may be a small, a small portion of them that want to be there, but the majority of them don't in, um, to show love to them, I think is, is reaching a hand out from the father. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. You know, obviously like there are, there are some with, you know, drug habits and there's some with their, with have problems with alcohol or gambling or something like that. But you know, there's some that just, you know, fell on hard times and, and couldn't find a way to make it work. Right. Um, and sometimes they just need a, you know, that encouraging voice and that, and that person to, to talk to them and pray for them that, you know, and to give them the motivation to let them know that it's not over and to keep going. And, you know, one day, you know, they'll get out of this, they'll get through this and, the, and there's, you know, brighter and better days to come. Right. Um, but sometimes with, you know, without that voice, who knows if they'll ever get through it. So um, I think it's always, you know, give people a chance. Don't judge a book by a cover. We say that all the time when, when it comes to racism and everything else. So, I mean, this is something else that, you know, don't judge a book by a cover just because, you know, they seem homeless and, and whatever the case may be. But, you know, talk to them. Like you said, pray with them if they'll let you, you know, and, you know, and who knows how their life will turn out, uh, you know, with that little bit of encouragement. Well, I mean, it, on on top of that, it it helps you stay grounded. Yeah, right? no, absolutely. I've, I've had yeah. a rough, I've had a rough last five days. Yeah, I right? know about it. But yeah. you talk to guys like that who are just going through twenty times worse right. stuff you're going through, and you just kind of step back and go, "Man, you know, right. I'm bitching and moaning about stuff that right. this guy would kill to have." Yeah, you right? realize how all he wants you, you is are, my right? life. Yep. All he wants is my life, and I'm bitching about it. Right. You know what I mean? It keeps you, it really does keep you uh, grounded. And, you know, I, I understand that that's maybe a little bit of a selfish way to look at, looking at this, but it's the honest truth. You know, yeah. when I, when I was going through everything with BAM, that, that helped me put everything into perspective because I was, again, right. I was complaining about my situation and there's people that were in 10 times worse than I was not complaining. Yep. Yep. Right. And it's just like, Oh my goodness. Like there's definitely more to life than, than complaining and, there's definitely people that are, are doing way worse than you are um, right. that need your help, even if you're even if you're struggling. But it's yeah. also a way to keep yourself grounded. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and I did. I, I, you know, wake up every morning and I, I thank God. Like, yeah, like I might have bad days and or bad moments and there's still needs that, you know, we all have in our life. But like you think thankful that, you know, we have a roof over our head, right? You know, like yeah. we have, you know, there's so many things to be thankful for, um, even, you know, when there's, you know, times that are just difficult and rough. And so, and like you like said, you see those people on the street and you're like, man, I, you know, you know, I, I'm could be there. Right. Yeah. You know, or, you know, exactly and so, right. so you, 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 you nailed it. It just, it's a way to keep people grounded and centered, you know, and, and not, get to to think too much or think too highly of themselves and you know whatever the case may be i agree with you i agree with you well that is it for this show uh hopefully we'll be back on friday 
maybe not. we're back baby we're ba well, we're, <laughs> we're we're back uh no actually we will not be back friday because oh. i have a family gathering so on well, monday we we'll, won't we'll wait a, we won't out. wait a week next time so no no we won't so if you like this content please like and subscribe on any social media platform other than tiktok we do not support tiktok uh, but please go subscribe comment if you want us to talk about anything Please comment. We will bring it up during the yeah. show. So, yeah, Monty, we need some good. We need some good comments. So we do another comic uh, comment review show. That, that was. That I was know. I, I've I, been I, looking I'm... at some of them. Not they're they're becoming less mean to us. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about. It. I kind of like. Uh, I kind of like the crappy comments. We need a reason to uh, talk about Detroit again. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, this is PJ's podcast. Speak of the three things that matter politics, Jesus, and sports. Monty, I love you, brother. Love you, brother.